Hello and welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. We're both property people running our own businesses and this podcast is just us chatting as we often do about anything and everything property. And we're going to start today with some really exciting news, exciting certainly to Simon and myself anyway, and that is that last week Patma released a brand new user interface and rather than myself butcher what that actually means in the real world, Simon, you've you've spent a lot of time working on this, so just share with us what that means to Patma and to the users. Yeah, I'm very, very excited about this. It's the biggest visual change that Patma has seen in, well, perhaps ever. And we've been working on it for the last two to three months, something like that. And I was sort of hoping that it would be ready before Christmas, but that clearly wasn't going to be the case in the end. So then I was aiming for the end of January and yep, that has, has happened and has, has gone ahead. So I am, I'm very, very pleased that this is out there in the world, ready for, for people to come along and, and see. I really hope that it will make the, the whole Patma user interface and, and sort of user experience of navigating and exploring and actually just making day-to-day use of the facilities that Patma provides much, much easier. There's there's an awful lot that's that's changed around page layout, page navigation. I've changed from a, a sort of long page format to tab based page structure in most in most cases. Listened to the, to those people that you polled. I'm pleased to hear. <laughs> Indeed, yep, yep. There was a Twitter poll some months ago now, talking about or asking about how I should to lay out pages in the future and and the resounding answer was was to go for tabs and that's what i've done so that's what's there and and now on most of these pages that have got lots of different sections you can see right at the top the different sections that are available you can flick to them obviously much more directly than trying to scroll to the appropriate point so yeah it, it should be much easier to navigate much faster to use on a day-to-day basis extra uh, sort of handy buttons to access key features and key functions to the extent of just adding a, a rent record, so re- recording a rent payment, for example, rather than there being one place where you need to navigate through a few pages to get to to do do that function, there's now lots of places where you can do that very common function. So from the property, from the tenancy, from some of the, the sort of overview pages, it's all just much, much easier to, to find and navigate. The language has been improved and sort of standardized on, on some of the buttons so that explanations are clearer it's more obvious what buttons do it's just lots and lots of improvement and small tweaks but all adding up to to all good stuff that will will make it lots lots easier for for people to to view and just use and get the best out of it and and really utilize and Rather than going to even greater detail, and, and there you can, you've heard a, a number of the benefits, but just head over to patma, P-A-T-M-A dot co dot UK and find out for yourself. You can get a free account, log in. And yes, we are doing a bit of a sales pitch, but as a, a user myself, I, I can say that this, it, it is a useful platform. And, and the only other thing I would say on the, on the tool is why is it different to other platforms where you get both prospecting and property management. So you can do your research and your property management in that platform. But rather than let us continue to wax lyrical, why not head over to patma, P-A-T-M-A.co.uk, get yourself a free login and have a look yourself. 
And please give Simon some feedback via Twitter at Biz of Property or using any other channel you may, you may wish to do. Yeah, indeed. Uh, if you have any questions, you can send them to the, the support email for, for Patma as well. I'll, I'll generally see those. So, yeah, and obviously grab me on Twitter. The podcast handle is, is probably as good as any to, to get a hold of me on. I'd be very, very pleased to hear any feedback and thoughts and suggestions for further improvements as well would always be good. Very good. And of course, we can seamlessly segue from Patma because Patma helps people find, locate and select their next investment properties to your own personal search, Simon, which I'm sure you've got lots to share with us. <laughs> yeah, just just set me up for failure there. I'm being cruel. I'm being cruel. I'm being cruel. <laughs> But Simon, you are looking for another property and we did say this year is the year. So share with us what's happening. Yep. So I am using Patma to collect together interesting looking properties at the moment. Unfortunately, some of the ones that I've collected in Patma towards the beginning of the year, maybe even the end of last year, have now started to come through as being sold. So one of the things that um, I really like, (laughs) because hence I built it, in Patma is that properties I find on Rightmove or Zoop or whatever, but I tend to use Rightmove, I can very easily just click to to save them into Patma as a prospect. And then when the property listing changes, so it reduces in price or it gets sold or whatever, Patma sends me an email to tell me. And for the last couple of months, I've been very, very, well, my time has been very focused on the Patma user interface improvements and changes. So I've been browsing Rightmove because that's just a habit. I can't can't not have time on that. But um, but I've been collecting properties that look interesting and putting them away in Patma. And yeah, some of them have still been being sold. And I've been getting those emails coming through. I've really not been receiving any saying that the price has gone down, which I think we'd, we'd expect at the moment in the current market. But I have been getting them come through saying they've been sold. So that's always a little bit disappointing when you you think, oh, that's an interesting property, but I haven't got time to look at it right now. And then a month later, get that email saying, someone else has beaten you to it and and purchased it. So it's slightly disappointing to hear or to get those emails, but at least least I know know that that's happened and and I can focus on on other properties. I've got a quick question. Rightmove Zoopla. You just said... You mainly use Rightmove, and I, I probably solely use Rightmove, maybe once in a blue moon. But I've got a question. When you look at both, are you just thinking that Zoopla may have properties that Rightmove doesn't have? Because I'm just thinking why people would use, you know, cause I know we've got on the market as well, but from your perspective, what's the, what's the rationale? I don't know, really. I think sometimes I just find myself on, on Zoopla as much as anything else because I'm testing Patma integration with it and things like that. So so I'm there, so I'll do a little bit of browse and might might find something of interest that's there. I can tell you from the data that Patma collects, there are definitely properties on Zoopla that are not on Rightmove. And and vice versa, obviously. So yeah, it, it is worth if you want to see a wider selection of properties, it is worth checking both places and possibly as well other portals. I think it's quite surprising that people do tend to just look at one of them and mm. sort of think that that's the entire market because because it really isn't. There's quite a lot that actually is missing from any single one um, property portal. Well, that, that's, that is really interesting. And I think, 
you know, for me, I think once I've got getting really serious, I tend to use bring in a couple of Zoopla searches. But I've, for me personally, and it could just be the property type I'm looking at. I've never never seen one that wasn't on another platform, and I forget what the percentage is now, but the percentage is quite big in terms of coverage. I think that's a really interesting point for people to pick up on because it's definitely why not have a quick look at the other platforms just in case there is one you may benefit from people that aren't looking across. So that's actually a really useful piece of advice there. And and once again, I'd be really interested to hear from people if they want to reach out to us at Biz of Property as regards, do they tend to use multiple platforms or like me, do they tend to just stick with what they know? Because that'd be that'd be really interesting. But um, sorry, I interjected your points around research just because you, you just brought that up when you mentioned Zoopla and Rightmove. That's okay. I, I think you were, were saving me, really, because the the sort of conclusion uh, of all of this is that I haven't actually really progressed my property search at all. All I've done is collect some interesting looking properties that, that I might hopefully get around to doing something with sometime soon. Now that the user interface improvements are all live, but I haven't yet. So hopefully I will soon, but I haven't yet. However, I think, Stuart, you have been doing things a little more successfully or, or actively or correctly than I have in searching for properties because you, you haven't been searching for properties for a while, but you tell me you have recently. I haven't. I'd say I'm I'm just at the initial tentative stage where I'm just starting to compile the properties that I'm looking at, as in put them in a folder. Although I do have two viewings booked, and at the time of the release of this podcast, we'll have viewed those properties. So be interesting to see what comes of those. So yes, and it's funny because I always say to myself, you know, I just need a break. Let's not look at any more properties. Let's just get everything uh, under control. But I think it's just part of my natural makeup is to want to look at properties and see what the next deals are that are out there. So, yeah, starting to compile a list of properties. And, you know, we were talking about what we look for. And I think just linking in the current market conditions is something that we were looking at was around. So, for example, in 2021, there were 1.5 million sales transactions in the UK market, which is the highest it's been since pre-property crash or pre-credit crunch in 2008. And I was just thinking about what does that mean to us as investors? And and I guess that means, you know, we're obviously in a very competitive landscape, but will that be changing this year? And I think that that could well be changing. And I've changed my model slightly where I'm now looking at a commercial element to a building, which I wasn't before. I'm intrigued by by some why questions ar- around all of this. So why are you looking for properties at all now? Whereas recently you've been focused a lot on, on rent to rent um, as a, a property approach and property strategy. And now you're you're looking for properties again. So why? And then you brought in that, that commercial element as well. So why are you looking for a, a commercial element to the properties you're you're investigating? So the commercial element is that I'm looking at properties where a, a joint venture partner and I would want to purchase or, or, or long-term lease a property where we could have a, have a co-working area, co-working space, 
and as well as a residential area. So that's piqued my interest in commercial. So that, very simply put, is what we're looking at. We haven't got into any more detail than that. But but what that's done that's quite interesting for me is, it, is I am now looking at commercial properties. And, and it's funny because some of the properties I'm finding in commercial, they're under the commercial label in, in say, right move, are guest houses. And if you've got a, a co-living stroke HMO strategy, obviously they are they're, they're almost well they're ready-made. Uh, certainly in terms of utilities and uh, what you need, because most of them will be en suite, etc. So that's something which is which is now interesting me, as well as something that's got a an office space, as well as another property I'm looking at, which was a printing factory sounds very grand but it's about three thousand square foot but print printing area but does have residential above it as well so so that's kind of the rationale for why i'm now looking at commercials your first question was well why looking now and and why not rent to rent and that's a really simple one for me is that for me whether the property is a purchase property or a rent to rent property the the goal with those is the same we're trying to create a co-living area co an HMO property that provides cash flow. One requires a lot less capital input, i.e. cash money, than the other, yes, but we still want to, you know, get assets into my property business. And that asset may be that the rent-to-rent contract or that asset may be the property itself. So we're not. And as you know, when we're in property, it's just property porn, isn't it? We just like looking at properties. Yes. And you mentioned that. And while I've been looking for properties for my own investment and filing those away i have come across some other interesting properties that i have probably spent far longer than i should looking at and one of them was actually a mixed use property in red hill there's a property that's on on the high street in red hill actually it's just around the corner but pretty much on the high street and it's actually got a commercial ground floor currently used as a, an estate agent, as it happens. The upper floors are currently being used as an office for said estate agent, but could easily be converted to, to residential. And it's just a really interesting property. I have no intention of buying this. It's too expensive, and I would, really wouldn't have a clue what to do with it. I'm not sure it would particularly suit your co-working residential model, but, but maybe. There's quite a lot of space in it, so maybe, I don't know. But it, it was just really interesting to look at. The, the the fact that it's sort of squeezed into this, this space it's very it's a very deep property it's in a terrace sort of arrangement and you've got quite a small front on the the high street but it looks really interesting it's quite an old building but then there's lots of bits at the back and there's been sort of added on and it's all strange shapes and you can see how they've added it on to in conjunction with things that it's where its neighbors are and, and things like that that's very interesting. And then outside that, I was reading through the, the legal pack because this is this probably is up for auction. And my my discovery of the of that reading was that certain old toilet systems have asbestos in them. I mean, who would have thought? Because there's an asbestos report in, in the legal pack. Mm. And they've said they think there's probably no asbestos apart from a couple of specific things, and one of them's a, a very old toilet system. So there you go. The, the the kind of toilet system that would sort of sit up really high and you'd have a chain to, to pull on to, to flush it. And uh, yeah, apparently if they're sort of black and sufficiently old, they've probably got asbestos in. So anyway, there we go. Very interesting. <laughs>
sorry about that slight diversion. I was going to actually ask, you're looking at buying again, which you haven't for a while. And as you said, that requires more capital input. And you've been shying away from that for a little while. But if you're looking at that again, have you also been finding or looking for investors to help you with that? Yeah, well, I think, as we know, it's kind of a cycle that you kind of have to be locked in, as in, you know, you you can't buy property without funds, and you can't use funds without a property. And that question comes up many, many times when I've been at networking events, and everyone says, which should come first? And of course, there's no right or wrong answer to that. My view is I just always want to be ready. But it just so happens that, yeah, I've been speaking with investors that have funds to to spend or to invest and you know with the way things are at the moment they they want to put their money where it's going to generate greater income so i have people that are definitely interested and equally when people are interested you need to have things that you can talk about put in front of them and say that you know these are these are the options and like i say at the moment a lot of the the deals in inverted commas just don't look that great on paper so it's finding those deals. And the, the, the one thing I was going to talk about in terms of the strategy that we were talking about versus commercial and, and what I'm looking for and how I look, I think what, one of the first things I do, and, and I'm sure a lot of people w- will do this, is that I just sort, so for in Brightmove, I'm not sure on Zoopla, but you, you can obviously sort you know, highest price to lowest and newest to oldest. And I'll always start with oldest. So I always want to have a look at those properties that have stuck around for a long time and and of course there's going to be a reason for that big reason of course that i've found is is overvaluation so a vendor that wants just too too much money and that that is a a key reason but then there'll be other reasons as well problems that need to be solved so just in terms of my search that's what i'm looking for and then it's once i've found something where i think we can add value and get it for the right price then it's ready for me to take to well, and when I talk about investors, there are people I either invest with, they invest with my company or they partner with me directly uh, and that kind of thing. And, you know, those relationships, which we can talk about, are investor relationships which have been de- developed, I can safely say now, over years, you know, between three, five longer years where, we've, you know, some of those people haven't yet invested and some have in the last sort of five years, but are people that have clearly have funds to invest and looking for returns. So you haven't been out networking and looking for new investors, particularly, at least not recently. These are established relationships that have where, where these discussions have come up. Am, am I right in that? Or? Well, I have, I have been recent, actually, in the last few weeks, been meeting with a few investors. And yet, yeah, I would say of the, you know, a couple of them, two of them, are established people, although one of them hasn't actually invested yet, but is 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 quite keen to now. One of them has been investing for you know, over four years now, so they are established. And then I've met with people, and again for me, it's it's not rocket science, but these are people I've known for a while. Some people I've worked with in the past; they know what I do, and you know, just said, can we, can we catch up? And then we'll have a talk about what my company does. And and then they start talking about, well, how do I get involved with this? And, and how, how do you work with people like me? So I'd say it's probably 90% established and then, you know, 10% meeting with new people that are just trying to understand how this all works. So have these been approaches that you've 
put out or, or that the other people have, have made towards you? Two, two thirds me put out, one third people coming to me. And of course, you know, having our article in the Times helps pe- people see that and, and uh, you know, associate credibility, which is nice because we, of course, we are credible. We, we nearly made it through a whole podcast episode without you mentioning that. Nearly, <laughs> nearly. <laughs> It's just people sitting down, isn't it? Because as we know, business and life is about relationships and people aren't going to part with money. And, and personally, I'm, I'm not going to accept money. Uh, I don't know if I shared it on the podcast, but yeah, we had, uh, I had an investor and they wanted to invest some money, a nice, a nice amount of money, but wanted terms. And again, it's, it's really amicable. And in fact, we've, we've come out of it better because they wanted terms that my company wouldn't offer not necessarily around percentages, but in terms of timeframes and things. And I said, look, I, I, I personally wouldn't agree to that because I don't like to renege on things. And, and therefore, these are the criteria I set. And the investor said, oh, well, okay, that's, that doesn't meet with what I'm looking for right now. And it was funny. It was one of those situations where although we came to a point where we said, okay, this won't work, we came out of that engagement in a better place because that investor knew exactly what, they would or wouldn't get from me. And I was very clear on what I would and wouldn't take. And that meant that we finished it really amicably. And the investor said, well, okay, that's really good because I'm sure, I'm sure we'll talk again in you know, a year or two when things look differently from the investor side. So I think it, it's really good. And that's just a demonstration to me of why being clear on, on many things, you know, clear on your values and clear on your offerings is always really good because it, it just ensures everyone knows where they stand and actually clarity is just is just good for for all parties concerned. Yeah, I totally agree. The, the last thing you want to do is go into a, an investment type deal where around property, you're talking quite large numbers, probably, without everything being clear and everyone really understanding what they're getting into and what the parameters are around that which yeah, is people are just going to get upset and with such big numbers at stake it's unlikely to end well yeah and like you say because because the numbers are much bigger and you know fortunately most people i work with and most investors know that things don't always work out you might have a i don't know a two-year agreement and releasing of funds won't happen as quickly and you might need another month or another three or another six and it's and to most investors, investors, you know, we, we had, you know, you have the high net worth protocols where you have to make sure, you know, sophisticated investors know what they're doing and that kind of thing. And they're all alive to that. But equally, I say, look, that's fine. That may still happen. But I'd much rather we agree that on a, you know, a longer term agreement rather than a really short one and me to let you down. I'd rather buy more time and give funds back to you early than, than the other way around. And, and that's kind of where we got to. Yeah, we're, we're very nearly out of time, but I've got one tiny little question that maybe we'll try and squeeze in. And that's around how you're thinking of structuring these deals with these, these investors. I mean, perhaps you haven't actually got this far in your discussions. And obviously, if you haven't, that's fine. We'll, we'll talk about it in a few weeks time or something when, when you have. But I'm curious as to whether you're looking at them sort of being angel investors or joint venture partners where they actually own some of the property or, or are you perhaps actually looking at, at just being more hands-off and finding or managing deals for them? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'll stop talking. 
Well, Simon, that is a really good question. And in fact, it's a question I've asked very recently by an investor in the conversation I, I just had with an investor. But I fear that the answer is too long to fit onto this podcast. So I'm going to have to tantalizingly say that we're going to have to end the podcast here, but we will start our next podcast with this conversation. And I hope that doesn't frustrate too many people and keeps you, keeps you warm for the next episode, which will be coming out next Wednesday. If you've enjoyed anything we've talked about, or if you do want to engage in the conversation, please do contact us at Bizoff Property on Twitter. That's the best place to find us. Or of course, you can go to thebusinessofproperty.com. Other than that, we'll see you on the next episode.